He's got his wife. Where's his wife? Oh, there you are. Listen, dear, my apologies in advance, but after tonight, David won't be ready to rumble for a very long time. This week, we're going to start with something from last week. Last week in Harley Race and Wahoo McDaniel, something really bothered me, and it's something that only Meet and Mike have insight about on this show, and I can't fucking understand it for the life of me. So I'm going to ask you guys, when I watched last week's match and I listened back to the podcast, I realized I forgot something. The ring announcer announced Harley Race as being from Missouri. Where the fuck is Missouri? <laughs> that's that's what they say. Ask Tootie. We should ask Tootie about that. Yeah, that, that's what they say. That's how they say uh, say Missouri. So what is it the show the show me state? It's from, yeah, he's where's he from? Kansas City. Kansas City. <laughs> so wait, so what is the difference between Missouri and Missouri? And first of all, where's the ra coming from? Like, there's no a h or it's a. It's the draw. It's the it's the dialect, the language dialect. It's the draw. Yeah, it's like know. Midwest. I see. I see. So it's just like the people from Toronto don't say Toronto. They say Toronto. So people yeah. from Missouri say Missouri. Well, yeah, it's yeah. a bit it's a bit worse. Yeah, at least the one. <laughs> <more sense. laughs> yeah, I see. I see. OK, that was the only thing. It seemed really strange to me. I was really confused about that for a long time. But and it's just a did. local thing. And another thing on that, that did ring announcer looked like he was he was the counterman at the local titty shop. what we've been watching this week we're gonna start with a new segment we're gonna start with something called what we're watching and so apart from this match there are things that we watch just regularly we sometimes include them in our dialogue sometimes we don't but let's talk about what we were watching this week mike what did you watch this week well, as as with every week, I always watch AEW, and I, I try to catch up with some uh, MLW on uh, on YouTube. Mm-hmm. But uh, as far as match wise, there's one match I watched because I've been hearing a lot about them on this uh, this message board, and I didn't really know who they were up until recently. But you know the the Kangaroos, the Fabulous Kangaroos, All right? Okay, well they like for a while they were the the, the best team in the world. You know, it was, mm-hmm. was it the fifties? So I wanted to see them, and I uh, they wrestled against uh, Moose Cholak and uh, what was the other guy's name? The Mighty the Mighty Ivan. I believe it mm-hmm. was. Oh, I don't know those guys. Yeah, yeah. So so it's like super, super odd because I asked for a, a match or recommendation because I'm seeing them on uh, uh, another show, but it was a different version of them. And they weren't very good. And from all the hype I've heard, like people, you know, these might be the best team ever. You know, they, these guys are better than, you know, the teams nowadays or, any, or of any era. And they were good. And I could see how, like, they probably revolutionized tag team wrestling at, at that point. But they're not they're not making any top. 20 list you know you, you know you, outside of get you know top you know probably a lot deeper than that i haven't seen enough of them but but like there's not there's no way you know they're making out over any of the teams that that, that we've talked about so to, comp- to tell them the best tag team of all time you know get out of your fucking era you know <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah you know there's a lot of that 50s, right they were cool man they had a cool look they were good but like yeah god no meet what about you what were you watching this week well, in, in, in light of Scott Hall's passing, I decided I was, I was going to go through some of his earlier matches, and then I found a match I never, I never saw before, and it was never on it. He showed up in ECW, and he had a couple matches. So I watched after, like when he got, I think when he got done with Turner, and he was in lim- like limbo. He was in a, on a ECW. It was just like a lost match or something. I'd never seen it before, and I haven't been able to find it. There was no announcer. It was just a, it was just a raw feed of a match that he showed up in. And he I worked that w- match for free. 
he told yeah. Paul Lee, you can't afford me. I'll do this for free. And then if it works out, then you can bring me in. And then ECW was failing by that point. So they never brought him in. Did he come yeah, out to the was, Fugees? Yeah, he came out to yeah. the Fugees. Yeah. 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 What a cool fucking dude. Mm. Seriously, like just way, way too soon. Way too soon. Just watching that. Like, cause he was, he was always my favorite out of the clique. In my opinion, he was one of the best on the mic. He just knew how to say it. And like, and everything, he was just so smooth with it. Like just smooth, like. There was nothing pulled, nothing. I need. It's like he took he took pride in his craft when he was giving a promo and he was giving interviews and even afterwards too, like on some of the shoots and stuff. Like he's just been the same dude. I mean, everyone's got their demons and stuff, and it was it's amazing that he got through all that and it ended up fucking killing him in the end though too. Yeah, I thought he was one of the best too. I loved him. No one really realizes like those matches, man. Back in the day, like when we were watching, like they were gonna be classics, man. All the about he had 50, tons of good matches. Tons. He did about 50, 50 fucking ladder matches with yeah, Sean. Yeah, yeah. Like they did every, they did every night. So by the time they had that big one, it was just, so, just, just rest in peace, Mister Hall. It's funny you mentioned that you watched his stuff this week. I went back and I watched. The first time he invaded Nitro, it's only like a minute, right? And he comes to the ring. These two like schlubs are in the ring. It gives you a real sense of like how different wrestling was before that happened. The guys in the ring are the Mauler and Stephen Dunn. They're having a singles match on Nitro. Who the fuck? Who's the manager? Who's the manager? Who's uh, Colonel Parker? Colonel Parker. Right. And so he interrupts that match, gets on the mic, and you can see, you can feel it in the crowd. Like there's like a total change. So like I watched that. I think everybody was watching a lot of Scott Hall this week. So what I watched that was different was people go and they take Rob Feinstein's shoot interviews and they just rip them and put them up on YouTube. So I watched the Tajiri shoot interview this week and uh, it was really interesting. He had a lot of interesting things to say. The language is limited. So his English is like goes his English. He can't communicate fully what he wants to say. But it was a, a pretty interesting thing. I think after watching it, I gained a lot of respect for him. He never, ever wanted to be part of the wwe or wwf he wanted to be a luchador and he stumbled into ecw environment because his whole career was managed by uh, victor quinones and so that guy had a relationship with paulie and he went to ecw and he fell in love with ecw and he didn't want to leave there and so it was just interesting to see his perspective on his life and his career i think it's well worth watching you can get it on YouTube, I'm sure you're supposed to be paying for that because it's somebody's copyrighted content, but it's up there. So while it's up there, go watch it. It's very, very good. He just had a title in MLW. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, that's great. MLW, for it it being in the shadows, though, there's some pretty damn good up-and-comers coming in. They get good stuff to there. MJF was there for a little view. He was also in uh, CZW and he wrestled other places. He was in MLW for a, a, a decent stretch. I think that's good for this week. So let's get into this week's intro. So this week, we're talking about celebrities who've wrestled. And this is by no means a comprehensive list. But I put together a rough list of people who are in the celebrity spotlight, who are not primarily wrestlers, and who've wrestled a match. And I just thought... We talk about them because our main event match today that we're talking about is somebody who's a celebrity who's wrestled. And so I've got a couple of ones that stand out in my mind. First one that I think that stands out for all of us in our early childhood is the WrestleMania II Battle Royal. You had Refrigerator Perry, you had the Chicago Bears involved. Mike, at that time, you're a big Chicago Bears fan, right? Oh, yeah. 
what do you think of the battle royal at that time? Do you remember it much, or were you too young to be like too like really hyped about it, or what your thoughts? I probably thought it was cool because you know I was a kid. Now I could do without a lot of the celebrity stuff. Sure, agreed, agreed. That was a good example of what to do without, right? It was, it was a mess. Meet any thoughts of that WrestleMania two battle royal? Do you remember it? I do. It was April 6, eighty six. I remember it. Holy well. shit! It was wow. it, fucking Rain Man. <laughs> It was on a Tuesday night. I remember watching it right here in my living room with my father. It was in three, and that was that's probably my favorite WrestleMania of all because it was in three different spots. Right. It was in New York, Chicago, right. and L.A. with the big one, and you had so many different people in it. That Battle Royal, what didn't fucking Andre wasn't Andre, yeah. wasn't Andre at the end with the that's with right the Bulldogs or yeah, with, the, the, uh, uh, with the Heart Foundation, right? And then he ended up winning it. It was a spectacle, I agreed, but it just the uh, wrestling quality was. <laughs> oh no! There was no, there was no technique. There was no wrestling right. quality. There. <laughs> <laughs> it's really going in a ring when there's ten or twenty guys in there. You know, AEW just ran a tag team battle royal, and it, and it was quite. Oh. It, you know, they, I think they had ten or so teams. It was pretty sloppy at first, and then it, and then at the you know after some teams started getting eliminated, they had some really good spots, and it got really good. But the ring's full. What are you gonna? What can you do? Yeah, even it's with good guys, of, right? It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's a lot of meat. There, there was a lot of meat in that, in that ring, man. There's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of people. Oh, shit, yeah. Okay, the next thing, I'm staying with this WrestleMania theme for now, is Lawrence Taylor and Bam Bam Bigelow. I thought the buildup for this and that Lawrence Taylor spot at ringside where he gets pushed was fucking excellent. And I thought Bam Bam did a good job. I did not like Lawrence Taylor in the ring. I like Lawrence Taylor, the dude. I think he has funny stories to tell. But uh, overall, not bad. I, I thought it was okay. What would you think? Neat. That was a good match. I, the buildup, I think the buildup was more than the match was. because sure. obviously, he was, obviously, he was limited in what he could do. But for him to learn as much as he did in a short amount of time, you know, and have, there was some time taken to you know so he wouldn't look like an asshole in the ring you know it, it wouldn't look totally fake right but like his his wrestling his wrestling is something more to be desired but it <laughs> right. wasn't good for the day you know and for what they had to work with it was a great match what do you think mike that was the first one that stuck out to me that was the one i thought you were gonna say first i forgot about the battle royal i guess taylor was okay for i mean that it's a testament to bam bam how good he was if he was able, yeah. able to make that you know work in any way but i do remember as a kid i was pissed that bam bam didn't go over Right. You'd want him to go over. It makes sense, right? Yeah. Because he's yeah. got to beat the football player. And right. plus it's Bigelow. Bigelow was cool, man. It was like believable. It wasn't like he was uh, in there wrestling in some like little scrawny dude. Somewhat Bigelow, though, even he, if you look, he was, what, 86, 87. He, he first showed up in WWF. And then for for the next 15 years until he passed away, he was a he was a name. He was like an attraction. Yeah. He was like everywhere he attractions where he came, where, where you brought him in. Like he was like a badass. Like I love Bam Bam. Yeah, I thought he yeah. was great too. Yeah. Okay, the next one is also a WrestleMania match, but I refuse to watch this match because I fucking hate one of the participants in this match. And the guy I hate is Floyd Money Mayweather. He fucking irritates the fuck out of me. I don't know what it is about him. I don't know if it's his boring boxing style. I don't know if it's his like flashy style about like money means everything and I can't even read and write. Like, you know, I'm not sure what it is about him, but I had no appetite whatsoever to watch him in the big show. I don't even know who went over. I don't know what the finish was. I totally avoided this. How was this? I was going to ask you who went over too. I think I did did see it, but I can't stand that dude either. I don't like boxing. I have like no right. interest in it at all. And my, I went over to my buddy's house to watch like him in a, in one of these pay-per-views. 
And I don't remember who he fought, but the guy he fought took like an hour to come out to the fucking ring before the previous match because he was like, and then, so then he like one upped him and he made it even longer. Like people had to wait like two hours to see these two assholes box. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about too. I forget who he was fighting, but because he had 50 yeah. Cent, fucking Justin Bieber, he had all these fucking celebrities yeah. walking with these bounce down. And you can't even see Money Mayweather, and he fucking, he's a munchkin. Yeah, he's a munchkin, yeah. What a fucking horse's ass. You know, you got people <laughs> okay. that paid so much money to see to see it at home, and let alone with the knuckleheads paid to see it in person. Those people, you know, the, the money isn't even an object if you're paying yeah. it. My daughter to went to fight. see the fight, and you know how he had that fight in Rising in Japan Live against that Japanese kid, that Tenshin, whatever. And so they had the New Year's Eve show. They brought Mayweather in. He's fighting this Japanese kid. He got $9 million for... 90 second fight it wasn't even 90 seconds but uh so they, they're supposed to have the fight and japanese people are like super diligent like they're down to the, the second on time you go to catch the train if the train's late more than 30 seconds it's considered late like it's like that it's like that serious the guy showed up three hours late to his fight <laughs> three hours late to the fight the crowd was fucking incensed they couldn't believe it wow. yeah and it was what a dick yeah, yeah. what an asshole, right? Okay, so uh, yeah, so we don't care about that. All of us don't agree. I don't care about the big show in Mayweather. Did you watch the match meet? I seen snippets, and that's all, and that's more than I cared to have, cared to have watched with it. But I read about it, and I heard that Mayweather actually he busted his orbital bone and cheekbone when he fucking punched him. He probably wow. told him to make it look stiff. Well, it just he fucking did. But I tell you what, I hate Mayweather. But there's a man who made a fucking who made a billion dollars. Nobody can hit him. He's got a boring style, and he's not really a puncher. But right. his Over, style was like he he made he made a career out of not being hit. Now, did that translate anything better to him for not taking that damage and make him a better human being? I don't think so. No, but. I don't think so. Yeah. But did he go over me? Do you, do you remember? I, he must. He would have to. Yeah. Do do it have to be a stipulation? Vince would just. Maybe that's when he knocked him out. He said, I guess he tried to knock him out. Uh, that's a finish, right? Yeah. I think that was the finish that he fucking he jacked up fucking a big show. And that's another one I, I couldn't I didn't want to see him a uh, wrestler lose to, to another guy from a different sport, especially a guy that's 150 pounds. Right. Yeah. And the big show's seven feet something tall. Like, come on. You know what I mean? Like yeah. ridiculous. And back, yeah. then, and back then he was a flabby piece of shit too. He was <laughs> right. he, he didn't look like he does now. Like he yeah. definitely didn't look like he does now. He's Captain Insano mode again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Captain Insano. Ripped, yeah. Okay, so then the other guy I want to talk about is in the same vein, getting away. From WrestleMania, but still WWE related, was Drew Carey in the Royal Rumble. I thought it was great. You make a mockery of it, but the way they brought him in, the way he worked, the the fact that he like was just trying to just escape and hide and you know get away from his whoever he could. I thought it was kind of cute, like it funny. And you didn't make the other wrestlers look stupid for him being in there. I thought it was a funny kind of experience. What do you think of that? I'd say honestly, I didn't watch it because I was oh. busy washing my hair. <laughs> Sunday, so I, I think there was a point that I just lost all interest. Yeah, in yeah. Like, and, it happens. It happens. For, for you know anything new that was happening because it was the same rehashed bullshit and bring this guy in. It's almost like a Michael Cole and fucking the Bray or, and the King were fighting. And the King were having that right. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, like, how much more are you gonna push it? You know, watch it now and find out. Yeah, yeah, you should. Yeah, did you watch it at that, that time? <laughs> no, right? no, not the no. match. I'm talking about oh. now. They put it a lot farther. Before we get too long in the tooth, I didn't see the carry match, but it, did you put the McAfee match on there? I heard that was good. I didn't see that either. No, I haven't seen that. I did, didn't put it on because I haven't seen it. I know it's relatively recent. He's aesthetically kind of not gifted, but he's he's skilled, right? So like he's not like Bad Bunny in the ring who's like desperately trying to do something who sucks. But like I I guess horrible. yeah, he's horrible. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I. 
you know, maybe McAfee is a guy whose match maybe one day we might look at, like, you know, as one of a, a one of our review matches, but I didn't put him in this. I don't think he's really that much of a celebrity. He's not like much outside... of a celebrity, really. He's right. Not yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he, right. was a, he, was, he was a badass punter, though. Him, I think him and Brian Mormon were the two badass punters in the NFL. Yeah, it's still on the fringe. It's like D-list, maybe E-list, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, the next one on this list is a guy. <laughs> I think this is so, so ridiculous. He's a guy who became, I think, more of a celebrity because of his involvement in wrestling, and that is Zeus. Zeus and Savage. Zeus is just a wrestler, as an actor who they picked out of nowhere. And then he becomes a celebrity. And then he gets in these Friday movies and he gets a whole bunch of other stuff after that. And so he's on the fringe of celebrity status at that time. What do you think about the zoo stuff? Me? I watched it just because I had to watch that bullshit. But I wanted to see that bullshit movie they made with him in it. And- <laughs> <laughs> I never watched No Holds Barred. Was it good? Oh, it, yeah. It's, it's real good. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was fucking horrible. Until I got to the age, the age of believability, I thought it was all right. I mean, but then again, you know, back then it was still, I still, people still didn't really know what they were watching at the time. They didn't really, it was a fake, was it real? Right. So all these guys popping up, oh, this movie said he could be a wrestler and he's bad man. I didn't care for him, though. Like, I didn't, like, he didn't, one way or another, he didn't, it didn't sway my opinion on it. I just didn't like it. I just, I just couldn't be bothered with it, I guess. Mike, what do you think of that stuff at that time? That's the first time like somebody no sold a, a Hogan chair shot or anything, right? Like it, it seemed like here's the unstoppable guy for Hogan. Were you behind Zeus or were you like this is shit? I could, you know, as much as little as I liked Hogan, I I, I like Zeus equally the same. Like, <laughs> he was okay for his on the movie. Like he was, you know, like I, I don't remember the movie that much. I watched it as a kid. It was probably decent because it was a wrestling movie as a kid, like for a child. But like in the ring, no Friday, he's cool. And yeah, Friday, I'll take the, I'll right. take him from Friday. Agreed. Yeah, I think that's his more kind of reputable appearance and uh, where he got a little bit more credibility. The wrestling stuff eventually faded away from his image, right? He came back in WCW too, but it was over for him by then. Okay, we've got a couple of things that I think are good, good celebrity appearances. Shaq's AEW match. He wasn't that. He wasn't too bad. I mean, he was pretty good in what he did. Uh, yeah. He's been, he's been waiting to get in the ring for a while. They were supposed to do that big show match in WrestleMania with him. That's correct, right. So, uh, and it did bring us the goddess jade cargill it was her first match i love the spot with the table on the outside i thought it was very cleverly done it created a like a, a media buzz thing the fact that he was willing to go through a table considering his status uh, i thought it was commendable and i thought he really put like a little bit of effort into what he was doing he wasn't just just there to collect a paycheck i like that about him i always like that about him he always seems like if he's invested he's invested i, li- I liked it i thought it was good yeah he's cool man he did a good job I was a yeah. huge fan in the NBA, and he's, he could be right. pretty cool in some of his comments. Agreed. Agreed. Meet, what'd you think? I thought the same thing. That's one thing about, like, Shaq, like, like you just said, like, he's all in. It's like his status, not that. If he's going to do something, he's going to do it. He's going to mm. do it to the best he can do it, too. And he loves wrestling. Just like, you can even say that about his rap career, because he wasn't really a bad rapper. Right, with like, the Fushnikins, right? He <laughs> was that. He had his solo stuff. Then the one yeah. album, he had everybody on. So, and he wasn't a bad rapper either. That just wasn't his, that was just a hobby, you know? Right, something on the side, right? So, but yeah. What about Shaq Fu? Right, Shaq Fu, the worst game ever, right? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, there's, there's worse games than that. <laughs> like WCW Thunder. <laughs> oh, God, that was right. Wonder and Raw and all those horrible games. Okay, getting back to our celebrity thing, there are a couple left. One is uh, one that I love, and I think our audience, for the most part, is too young to really appreciate. But I can tell you a little story about this. It's Muhammad Ali 
against Antonio Inoki in, I think, not really even a wrestling match. This is the first ever MMA fight. Yeah. Right? It's kind of like on the boundary here because wrestling's thought to be legit and they're supposed to have like a real match. And so they sold closed circuit rights Close, to this. Yes. Yeah. And Vince McMahon bought all the rights for all of North America and he sold this fight all over North America and they had a, a wrestling show on the undercard in Shea Stadium, I believe, at the same time. And then after that was over, then they put all the feeds flipped over to this Inoki Ali thing. Have you ever watched it? I read after it until Anoki was Anoki was trying to break fucking Ali's leg in that. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, if something happened, but it was supposed to be all for show. Something that something that led up to it, and then Anoki was trying to protect the business. And Ali back then, he was let's face it, he was past his prime. And he was starting to slow down too, because I think after that, he only had two more fights, and he lost both of them. That's right. It was the beginning of the end for him, right? Yeah, Did you watch he, that, Mike? Yeah, he, we watched it in my basement, and Freeman choked <laughs> me out. <laughs> oh right that, that was that day right <laughs> yeah like jim should be here what? for this man yeah jim should totally be here for this oh what right that? yeah we watched it at like freaking four in the morning after he came right. back from the bar i was, was the three of us the fuck up yeah. and uh i decided that me and jim were gonna wrestle and jim's like seven foot three i go in on him like at his waist and he just gets me in a, in a chokehold he starts lifting me off the ground and then he gives me mercy he shows me mercy he's like he's like i'll let you go and then he let me go and i went at him again he gets the same way gets me in the same thing and he's like just tap out man and i wouldn't tap out because i was like i thought i was i was fucking hoist gracie yeah. okay so instead, have- i just went i just dropped so I can't believe he's got him in the front face lock. Okay, I'm sitting on the sofa and it's like all fun and games. And then Jim lets go and Mike like just collapses to the ground and he's making like I don't know how it sounds like he's dying. He's like, <laughs> like like he's like fucking going crazy. And I look at Jim and Jim's face goes fucking pale white. Like he's like seen a ghost. It's fucking terrible. I turn around. To grab the phone, like I'm quick. We talked about this before. I'm quick when it's an emergency. I turn around, grab the phone. I'm about to dial 911. I pick up the receiver. I press 9 and I look at Mike standing up and he's like, what the fuck's wrong with you guys? (laughs) What the the fuck happened there? And he's totally fucking sober. Like he was drunk out of his mind. He was totally fucking sober like at that moment. And the two of us were like, oh, and then Jim went to the bathroom. He was all nervous. He was shaking. He had to calm down. <laughs> Mike was totally fine afterwards. It was Jim who was all fucked up after. It was. It was, it was he said, yeah. Jim, I love you, buddy. <laughs> I was so I am. I am upset. I'm, I'm upset. I wasn't there for that. So we had. Yeah, that's right. We were watching that in the background of that day. <laughs> so <laughs> so that, that was my first thoughts hard. about that match are waking up. Right. <laughs> so that me, you're right about that match. I coming to Japan. There was a guy here who works for the sports newspaper, and he knew that I was like big into wrestling. And he's like, "I got to show you something." So I was like, "All right." So he showed me the whole plot for this Inoki match and Muhammad Ali. They had it laid out. They had everything laid out. They were gonna pay Muhammad Ali six million dollars. That was the deal. They're going to pay him $6 million. And what's going to happen is they're going to have a fight and it's going to be a like a it's a wrestling match. It's just going to be a wrestling match. Mohamed Ali is going to come in with gloves. He's going to hit Inoki a bunch of times. Inoki's going to blade and he's just going to barely survive until like round five, round six, something like that. And then Inoki's looking like he's going to die. 
and he's going to be totally bloody. And then Ali is supposed to look at the ref to say, hey, like you should stop this fight. And at that time, Inoki is going to enzigiri kick Ali and knock him out. That was a deal. And so Ali saves face because he shows mercy and he was winning the whole time. Inoki wins not by cheating, but by taking advantage of the rules. But actually, he was dominated. And so both guys save face. That was the original plan. But then the Ali camp was really worried that after watching Inoki's fixed matches from before, that he's hurting guys with the enzigiri. And then they refused at the last minute to do that. So then they had to have a real fight with real rules. And then the rules were Inoki is not allowed to kick above the waist. And so that's why he was on the ground the whole fight doing that. That was a whole story. I thought it was very interesting. That is true. And that was like, we talked about a couple of weeks and a couple of casts ago that, you know, mm-hmm. the NFL players that became wrestlers and that. But this was like, it was like the first Maybe. mainstream like match that brought the, coll- the collision of two worlds. Back in 1980, everyone still thought that, that wrestling was fucking real. And it still is real, but mm-hmm. predetermined. They didn't know it was predetermined. Correct. Like, I'm not going to say wrestling's fake because these motherfuckers hit each other. I mean, the main, you, the only way to make something look real is make it make it look real. Like you do it yeah. to make it look real. You can't fake it unless you're flair with the with the punch and with the rights. I wonder if that match, that Inoki Ali match, if it went as planned, like what would have been the trajectory of wrestling? Like how how would it have changed it? Like it would have changed it in a big way, I think, right? Because after that, Inoki loses face. There's riots in Tokyo. People are like, this is fake, and the Japanese game starts turning immediately. Like how come Inoki is doing all these crazy things against Leon Spinks and all these other guys, and then he gets in the ring with Ali and he's laying down on the ground. And so like it kind of exposed the business, and that became a big problem for them here. Okay, then the next guy on this list is one I think. Mike is dying to talk about someday, and we should talk about, and I'd love to review the match, but I have a feeling that the match isn't as good as a build-up. It's Andy Kaufman and Jerry Lawler. Mike, what'd you think about that? Oh, I love Andy Kaufman. He's great. That, that was super cool, man. That was one of the great angles of, of the old days. I thought it was super cool, man. Kaufman was great. He's... Not a great wrestler, but he was a great, he was a great uh, worker, great, yeah. as far as like working the crowd. Yeah. Excellent. All the hype, the build up, the stuff on the David Letterman show, everything was fantastic. His his promos were the best. The (laughs) show? Yeah. Hardy R, whatever he said. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was great stuff. Excellent. And then uh, I thought that that entire match, I watched the match, like he refuses to go out unless he goes out on a stretcher and stuff like that. Like he really stayed in character. And I loved it. And I thought the movie. Man on the Moon, I think it was called. I think it was. It paid homage to that entire feud pretty well. It did a good That's job. Great. I thought it was. Yeah, it was really, really nice. Okay, and then the last one. I know people look back on this and say this is one of the moments that ruined wrestling for them, and it leads into our episode very well today. But it's David Arquette winning the WCW title, and so I know everybody's got bad memories of this event and thinks, "Oh my God, this is one of the worst things." I went back and watched it for this match. And in the context of how they did the finish so that Arquette wins a title, it's very believable. I thought it was very good. In retrospect, it's not as bad as people make it seem. I don't like that he defended the title a few times. <laughs> That's a problem more, more than the fact that he won the title. But he defended the title against Tank Abbott. That's a problem. But the actual winning of the title, the way they did it, the way they booked it, not bad. Not unreasonable. And it's funny. He himself has often said he thought the idea was a joke he didn't think it was good he didn't want to do it he was unsure if he was like you know the right guy and he had a good understanding of where he stood as in his role like at that time and so i don't blame him 
even then, you, today especially, but even then I didn't blame him for them taking advantage of him. What did you think about all that stuff? I remember just, like watching it and then I'm trying to figure out like what, what the time frame in the business was. Was that like 98? Like yeah, 97, 97, that's after Bischoff got fired and then Vince Russo came in and then Bischoff returned. And there's a struggle between Bischoff and Russo at the top of WCW. And then meanwhile, ready, ready to rumbles. That's correct. Ready to rumbles coming out, right? Yep. And Scream was just wasn't wasn't was he? Scream was already over. Yeah, Yeah. he was already over, so he had his name out there for that. Watching it now, I have more appreciation for it. Back then, I just thought he was a dick bag that that was just invading wrestling. No, 25 years later now, him getting in the ring. You know, I have much more respect for him. I think I think it was well planned out too. They had to do something because they were starting to lose. So that's right, right. The ratings were getting any any edge they could try and do. And believe me, after the stuff WWF did back then, the WCW couldn't shock anyone. Right, that was the middle of the Attitude Era, right? Yeah, you're right, Mike. What do you think about that? As bad as Naked Midian was, this is the one of the blackest eyes in the history of professional wrestling. It was a horrible day. <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous that you make Dewey your world heavyweight champion, <laughs> and then you have to, and you're going to expect someone to respect that title afterwards. That killed they, any legitimacy for that for that belt the day that they made Dewey their heavyweight champion. I agree. From a booking standpoint, it was a terrible choice. But if you watch the match. The way they did it was clever. Did you do you remember what happened? No, that's still it's so, all horseshit though, man. You you don't put a title on a 150 pound actor and then this, yeah. it was the most prestigious title in the history of professional wrestling and they killed it with that one move. That that's you, true. That, uh, yeah, I don't disagree you with true. you there that at all. True. I agree with that. That that title yeah. was shit after that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so I agree that that move is wrong, but the way they did it was what they did was they had a tag match with Diamond Dallas Page and uh, David Arquette against Bischoff and Jarrett, and they said, whoever gets a pinfall wins a title. So stipulation's kind of strange, and they had David Arquette and DDP both pin Jarrett and Bischoff at the same time, but the referee is looking to his left as opposed to looking to his right, and he counts the pinfall with Arquette on top of Bischoff as opposed to DDP on top of Jarrett, and then he raises David Arquette's arm, and David Arquette's like in shock, like, what just happened? And why have I won this? And no, 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 and he's refusing it. And like, he does the right thing. Like, they wanted to put him on it, I'll put it on him, and he wants to refuse it. And even backstage, he wanted to refuse it. And so like, but, you know, he's in an awkward position. He's trying to promote his movie. They want money to be brought in. And so... I don't defend the decision as being a good decision for wrestling. But no, I, I no. Would, if I was him too, trust me, you think that me at that age wouldn't have done the same thing? I'd have been the heavyweight champion of the world too, and I would have beat Tank Abbott and whoever the hell they're thrown at me. But but it sure, just as preposterous. In certain aspects, yeah. in aspects, you were the heavyweight champion. <laughs> <laughs> That's a totally different federation, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't have turned that down either if I was him. They just should have maybe had a little bit more respect for the for the title. This week's match. So this week we're talking about. David Arquette and uh, RJ City, lots to talk about here. We normally talk about the announcers. We normally talk about the ref. Not a lot to talk about there. The match is kind of short, but I want to talk a little bit about RJ City. Mike, I'm not sure. This match is a couple of years ago, but I think this guy's big roster ready. 
Why is he not on a big roster? I know he's doing like some side work with AEW. Why is he not in the ring? Yeah, I don't know, man. He's proud. He's good. But but like might be that Orange Cassidy thing. Everybody's good. There's so many guys that can do what he does. And there's I a see. lot of guys that look like he looked. Yeah, you know, he's, he's good on the mic, but I don't know how much mic time he's going to get going into AEW because he would be relegated to like Dark or something. You know, he wouldn't be on like the the main show right away because they, they have a hard time getting people on there as it is. So like he's not going to get any airtime on it on that. So, so so really he'd have to win people over with his ring work, which is good. But yeah, there's it's OK. A lot of, there's so many other guys that are good, too. So like he, he's not going to get the time on the mic, really. Yeah, he's not polished like at this time, especially he's not polished, but he's got the makings of something, right? Like he's he could be something. That's yeah, what I he thought. Looks like, he looks like he could be a star. Right, right. He's I mean, not what too do you small think? either. I think he's I think yeah. he's about six. 220 or so, right? Right, right. Something like that. I think 6'2", six, 6'3", six, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, pretty decent size. Meet, what do you think about RJ City? I think he's going to get lost in the shuffle at AEW because I think they have too many guys now. Outside of that, he's he's something special, but he's just another guy that they have to find something to do with him in there. Like it's like, mm. like there's I have no problem with his work and and, and watching like the matches I've watched of him just before watching this, like just getting they'll get familiar with how he works and stuff. I just think he's he's in a spot now that he's going to have to do something else to get noticed mm. or get that push. You know, I don't want to see him get you know, shuffled, you know, lost in the shuffle. But there's so many guys now. I mean, there's they could do so many things with them, but they just don't have, they don't have the airtime. They don't have, you know, the platform. And I mean, Kanban. ROH, right. So it's going to be interesting what he did that. Or was it just a fuck you defense? You you can't own this. I'm buying this. Well, he won the library, most importantly, because all the guys in the roster, they all on the tape library. And he gets the rights to their first pay-per-view, which he didn't have the rights for, which ROH did. So, Mike, do you think there's a place for RJ City in like ROH or MLW? Yeah, yeah? totally. I totally. Yeah, and MLW could be good because they don't really have that guy there. Yeah, I thought he was good. I thought, you know, David Arquette is... He's David Arquette, right? So it's hard to really work with him and do much with him. I think in the ring with the right guy, he could have probably had a, a really good match. He probably has had really good matches. It's just, you know, how, how much can you do with David Arquette? No, no offense to David Arquette. He's trying. He's trying. And but he's, it's what, just... he's 50 years old, too, right? Right, yeah, right, right, right. Like so he looks pretty good for 50. So, yeah, so for 50, he looks great. But, yeah, he's 50. He's limited, right? Like, the things that he can do are kind of stuff. Okay, so let's get into the match. So the very first thing is, you know, David Arquette comes to the ring. I don't know, regal presentation, like he's the king. But, yeah, you know, it's kind of strange. Like he doesn't pull it off well, even though he's a professional actor and he's acted all this time. When he's doing his mic work and he did the pre-match interview and stuff, there's a special skill it takes to make a promo believable. Like I wouldn't think Eddie Kingston could be a good movie actor, but his promos are really believable. And here you have David Arquette, who in Scream and in other movies came off as pretty believable but his promo work was fucking awful awful wow totally expected better and i think it's a skill right i think it's a special kind of skill to be able to do that well right yeah the generic the generic wrestling promo that everybody thinks of in their head that's correct i think so too it was just awful meet what'd you think about that promo i've never seen someone look more uncoordinated coming into the ring oh yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, right so it reminded me immediately of vince mcmahon the way yeah. he moves and the way he like kind of I don't know if it's his rhythm sense or the way he walks or the way he bumps or whatever. It just looked a lot like Vince McMahon in the ring. But yeah, oh. I didn't get that king shit either. I don't even know where that came from. <laughs> right. And so when he gets up on the pedestal, it's obvious he's gonna go take a bump, but I don't know why 
it reminded me of Lex Luger standing in the ring, looking in the mirror, posing at himself, right? Like they had that same kind of like, here's the guy in the center of the ring. It's obvious this is a spot where he's going to be attacked and he thinks he's so great. And like, here's the spotlight shining down on him. It was kind of silly. I don't know what the hell the whole purpose of that was. I thought he it was had ridiculous. Time getting up on that box. <laughs> I think yeah. it's not easy to do. <laughs> it got killed really though do. on that rope. He got he got thrown, yeah. he got flung into those ropes, man, like very awkwardly. Right, and then right away, so we get into the match, and RJ City fucking kills him with the strap. <laughs> I felt bad for the guy. He hit him so fucking hard. You can see the huge welt marks on his back. And even after he gets back in the ring, he's like still like flexing his back to try to fight the pain. It's been like 30 seconds later. <laughs> he fucking destroyed him. They're great, great whips. I, you know, I guess you can't hold back. You've got to just go for it, right? Otherwise, it looks shit. And he, he went for yeah. it. To make it look real, it's got to be real, man. You can't, you can't fake. <laughs> he got fucking, yeah, he, got he got whipped. whipped. He got whipped. I agreed. <laughs> you ever take anything like that, meat? You ever get hit like that? Of course. It's <laughs> fucking. Do you think about who you're asking? For Christ's sake, we didn't. Oh, right! I totally forgot about that. Holy shit! Sorry about that. <laughs> you should have asked me, you dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was locked up in a fucking yeah. cage for nine hours shit. and left to die. Fuck, I forgot about that. Yeah. So, but I yeah, think that's Derek. That was that's a, that was just like a two. That was a normal Tuesday when I got the strap. That was just oh. that was just, I, that was just normal. <laughs> that makes Mike, me think. Yeah. That makes yeah. me think of Maddie B. Because like people could probably tell from the gym story with him choking. If when we get up back from the bar, shit would just get crazy. Yeah. And uh, we bring you know whoever was still ready to party would come back to my house and. Uh, right. I remember when we Maddie B. He used to take his belt and he had those like studs in, in it, like the the holes. <laughs> Yeah, and he used to take it, and he took his shirt off, and he used to have the girls take the belt and and just lash his back like a dog, like five six lashes. So he had the visible marks in the and like the where the holes in the belt were all over yeah. his back. He'd he'd sit there and he he'd clench his fist and he'd grimace and he'd be like, "Yeah, give me another one, come on." Think <laughs> of. You know, that guy is such a sadist. I don't know if he's ever told you the story about ripping his toupee off of his head. No. So, you don't know about that, Mike? No. <laughs> so he he started losing his hair really young. Me, you probably know, right? Like around 17, 18, he started going bald, right? Yeah, I went to the hair club for men in Toronto with him. I it see. <laughs> that was like in his teenage days, right? Yeah. He was 18. 18 or 19. He was he was trying to go to school for something, but then he had his hair permed, and after that, it, it all started going after so, that. He got these, uh, like he got this toupee glued onto his head, Mike, and then he, like, it looks like a full head of hair, but he knows it's not like a real head of hair. And he's like, that shit looks real. Nobody can tell. You wash it, you shower, whatever, and it just feels like <laughs> real hair. And then he goes to, he goes, but one day I woke up and I realized I'm living a lie. And I go, <laughs> and I go, what? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, because I'm living a lie. He goes, I had to get it off of my head. And he goes, I just ripped it off my head. And I go, what do you mean you ripped oh, it off your head? He goes, I just took both hands and I pulled it off. And he goes, a lot of my skull, like just like pieces of my skull came off with it. What and he's like, the there's he goes, there's blood everywhere. He goes, but I felt so relieved and so free of the, the lies that I was living. I was like, what <laughs> he's a fucking sadist, that guy, I swear. <laughs> he had a nice piece, man. He really did. He used to brag. He's like, yeah, he's like I got mine in the same place that Burt Reynolds got his. <laughs> I know. I know. 
So, so one day I'm in, I'm down in the basement, I'm sleeping. He's on my couch when I wake up and he's like, Hey, and I look over and he didn't have his biscuit on. And that was the first time I ever saw him, saw him with it off. So like oh. it shocked the hell out of me. I'm waking up. I feel my glasses on cause I can't see. And he's sitting on my couch and yeah. he's, you know, he's, he's rocking the horseshoe. I was like, Oh, this is great. <laughs> he kept it. He still has it. Oh, really? He, he kept it in yeah, the drawer. He, he said the, his one ex-girlfriend went in the drawer to grab something. She grabbed his biscuit and she thought it was a fucking rat. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. Okay, so getting back to our match. Finally, they get back in the ring. Like, you know, Arquette's awkward. He goes in, does a takedown. The match gets underway. And then the greatest thing happens here. And I don't know how they do this. The match cuts to a commercial. And the commercial is wrestling focused so every time i've watched this match on youtube it cuts to a different commercial twice it was rick flair doing a car shield commercial another time it was a promotion for this uh, another wrestling company and so i don't know how they did it but they did targeted ads for wrestling i thought that was nice i didn't feel like all of a sudden youtube's cut me off and like I, i've lost focus and concentration i thought that was really nice then get back into the match and lots of like sloppy works happening you know rj Throws Arquette into the corner post. He does a really kind of strange running from corner to corner to a stop to just slap Arquette. Thought it was kind of funny and silly. What did you think about that, Meat? I thought it was funnier when he went after he did that and Arquette went into the ace crusher because that wasn't a stunner and it wasn't a diamond cutter. That was the ace yeah. crusher he drew on right, right after. <laughs> I, and it was nice. It was actually quite nice. Yeah. It, yeah, it was good. It was good. I thought that was really, really, really nice. RJ City goes for a sharpshooter and it's kind of like strange. And then they head for the finish with this double fake chair shot spot that was like a oh, comedy yeah. spot. Yeah. yeah. Arquette's limited. And before they go to that, Arquette gets a pin, which is totally stupid, right? No ref pin. Why would RJ City agree to that? I know he must like the guy. They want to make it believable. But, like, he can't be fake pinned at three. I thought that was a bad, bad, bad decision. What do you think about that, Mike? Yeah, well, yeah, the, the chair thing's much better when Eddie Guerrero does it. it. It's dated now, too, right? Like, we've seen it. Yeah, it's, it's uh, done. It's uh, over. It's not new. Like, it's cool. It was cool when it was new when Eddie did it. And he saw it, saw it a couple times. But how many times do you need to see it? Yeah, uh, there's and I he guess wasn't, not much. He's for for guy that that not that not that he's a top notch actor or anything, but he really doesn't do any kind of good job of conveying any seriousness at all. Like you don't take him serious. I I don't know like that that promo not for a was second. bad. The whole yeah. King thing was goofy and he was awkward. Yeah, agreed, totally agreed. I it's a shame because you know on paper he should have. He has the resume, right? He has the acting experience. He's yeah. He had ring experience for a long time. He should have it, but it just it doesn't look believable or realistic. When they both stood up and they both were arguing who gave the chair shot, I really thought that was a moment for them to double chair shot the ref and then take the match in a different direction and then go to something cool, like something we hadn't seen yeah. before. But the ref just takes a chair shot, chair away, and then we kind of go co- towards the finish with two low blows. It was convoluted, not clear. I just, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Meet, what'd you think? Just judging by watching it, and then judging how the, the even the crowd wasn't even into it. Like, and it looked like everybody in this place, if they wanted to be somewhere else while this match was going on, they could have. They could have right. went there because they wouldn't have missed anything. It's like almost like a church that they're in there. Like there's no no emotion. It just looks like it was just poorly executed. I mean, right. it, you know, he's he, he looks the part, but he, he that, that's about it. You know, right? There's not much else than that. I agreed, agreed. And then okay, so move to the finish. Finish isn't bad. Arquette off the top, 
the guy does like the yeah knee the knee yeah Arthur. yeah the knee Arthur not a bad finish and it looked stiff looked believable looked good. Just, yeah the rest of the match just didn't match that level of stiffness or level of I don't know attention to detail let's say other than that whipping him with a belt on the back the finish was okay not bad not bad this whole match though watching it though and this is this is this was a bullet point i wrote down immediately i'm still trying to figure out why arcade on his rib cage has we the people tattooed so arcade is a good example <laughs> of somebody who's got tattoos that look ridiculous yeah I, yeah there are some people on whom tattoos look good and there are some people whose tattoos i like okay i've mentioned it before I'm not a tattoo guy. I don't have a single tattoo on my body. Some of you may someday come across Mike. You'll see his tattoos, even though they're dated because they're faded. Probably now they they look old. But you can see there's like an artistic design to them. There's like a flow to them. There's a, in some sense, there's a, a beauty to it, right? But Arquettes are like just here and there, not connected. There's a face here. There's a word there. The, and it just looks out of place. It it's almost really like unusual. he was at a. It's almost like he had a couple friends that had a tattoo gun. He said, "Hey, my my tattoos." He goes, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he totally missed the point of the art of tattooing, I think, right? Yeah, but okay, so overall, it's a so-so match, but more important for me, I think, is he earned my respect. The fact that he went back and said, like, look, I know people hate me. I know people point to me as the reason why WCW failed and all this stuff. I don't want people to think of me that way, and I'm going to go back and I'm going to have a real serious wrestling career. He does this match. He has a death match with Nick Gage. He works the indies. He does all kinds of crazy shit. He almost fucking dies in the ring. He never complains. He's like, I need to earn that back. He goes, because I'm a wrestling fan and I don't want to bring shame on wrestling. This fucking guy earned my respect. I really respect what he's doing at this age. At 50 fucking years old, very job well done. And I love his attitude about it. I love it. Mike, what do you think? Yeah, I'm probably on the same. I think probably the first time I saw it, which was when it happened, maybe appreciated it a little bit more because I did respect, you know, what, what he did, his, his redemption type thing that he was doing. And I, you know, at, at that age, it's pretty admirable to get in the ring and like get with the, with these guys and, and yeah. bump and take, you know, and take bumps. Yeah, take it out. So, yeah. So, so yeah, I, I do, I do respect that. The, the match, you know, was, eh. Our, our it is what it is, right? David yeah. Arquette tried and yeah, you know, anybody that's got enough balls to get in there and Nick freaking Gage. Absolutely. God bless right. him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Meet, what'd you think? It wasn't so much this match where I got where, where in his respect. I, I watched this match and then I went and I immediately watched the Nick Gage one right after. And it's like oh. night and day. Like after that, like the, the, the Nick Gage match is what really made me respect him. Oh, like the after, two guys are after, awkward in the ring, right? So like it must yeah. at least the flow must be better, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> right. And, but the, the, but that ass kicking he took in that match that. Yeah. Any man that could do it, and it's, who still wants to wrestle after that, even yeah. knowing that he doesn't need to gain anything from it, then you can say, oh, it's just a passion, like a, you know, it's a pride thing for him now. Right, it's a pure passion project, agreed, right. Yeah, no, it's, he doesn't need the money, he doesn't need the money since eighth grade, probably, that whole family. Right. I agree. I think for all of us, he's earned our respect. And that's I think that's the main takeaway here. It's not that it's a great match. But if you want to see somebody who's tried to redeem themselves and go through a lot of hardship to be able to do so, I think David Arquette is a symbol, especially for a wrestling fan of somebody who's worked hard to gain the respect of the wrestling audience. And he's in all honesty, when you listen to his interviews, he's just like one of us. He loves the game. He loves the matches. He knows all about the background of all the characters. He knows the title histories. He might even be a potential listener of ours. Like if he listened to our podcast, I think he'd get into it. He's like that much of a fan. And so my hat's off to him. I think job, job well done.
Do you know who's on the roster? Uh, I would be hard-pressed to get even one point in this week's roster. I think you guys will get it, but I would be hard-pressed. This week's roster is from ROH's first ever pay-per-view called Respect is Earned. And there are a total of 14 guys on this roster. It's a small roster. They had many matches. Just a couple of guys did double duty. And so the total number of guys on the show is limited, quite limited. We'll start with Mike. Mike, ROH, Respect is Earned, their first pay-per-view. Who's the first guy on your list? Oh, their first pay-per-view. Oh, shit. Um, Wow, that changes. I was thinking the first show. Jay Briscoe. Correct. Meet. Take his brother. I'll take his brother. You <laughs> okay. Mark Briscoe. Correct. Mike. Jay Lethal. Incorrect. Come on. He's been a staple. That's crazy. Maybe TNA at that time. Meet, do you have any more guesses? Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe is incorrect. Yeah, I didn't think he was there still. So. Yeah. Who the fuck is that guy? Who the fuck is that guy? Okay, so the next thing. Let's move on to who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> A lot of this is like rated X this week in who the fuck is that guy. <laughs> We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine rounds. We'll start with meat. Round one. Who the fuck is that guy? The laughing man. Barry Darso. Incorrect. Mike. Round two. The man of question. My first thought was Hugh Morris when you said the, holy said fuck. the first one. When you said the laughing man, isn't that Hugh Morris? Yes, holy fuck. What the fuck? Yeah. Very good. Holy shit. How both did you family. know that? Where is he both the laughing family. man from? I don't know. Holy I just remember. Fuck. I remember that. Yeah, I remember both of those. Didn't he have, he have the tights with the question mark center like the yeah. Riddler? Yeah. Uh, so all of his characters, the laughing man, the man of question, general erection. Yeah, I would have got that. I would have got that. <laughs> then general erection, then capital Hugh G erection. <laughs> then, <laughs> then I would have gotten it for sure. Crash the Terminator, then general Hugh from captain huge erection to general huge erection then he used his name for a little bit bill demott and then hugh morris right okay good very good i didn't now, know any of those other ones those those boner ones i didn't know any of them oh you didn't know oh I, yeah I would no i knew the first two i didn't know the boner oh. ones let's get into oh, a segment that i'm loving because it makes Mike so fucking angry every week. We're going to talk about internet bullshit. <laughs> oh, this is fucking next level crazy. Bleacher Report released the list of the 100 greatest wrestlers to ever step foot in a WWE, WWF, or CWC ring. So that means anybody who's ever worked for the McMahon family. Okay, so this is the top 100 wrestlers of anybody who's ever worked for the McMahon family. 
going to go through the list and I'm going to get your comments. Number 10, Bob Backlund. Me? Uh, I, I don't think he's had, I don't think he's top 10, maybe top 50. 10 is no place for him. I thought he was a geek when I was a kid, so I didn't really appreciate him that much. He, he was a really good wrestler. Uh, Excellent. And, but I really liked him as a heel. I thought he was awesome. That chicken wing was amazing. Back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to say. Top 10. I don't know. Maybe agreed. He had the belt for, what, eight, nine years, didn't he? Something yeah, agreed. Crazy. He had a crazy long run. And so I agree with you. Like, there's some dispute or doubt here. Maybe he's there. Maybe he's not there. Right. Like, oh, it, it's. I'm not beyond a reasonable thing to put him in the top 10. Maybe, maybe he's around there somewhere. But I expected to see, like, from the old, I expected to see him and Bruno in the top 10, so. Okay, so, number nine, Randy Savage. Absolutely. Right? Agreed. Meet? Absolutely. Okay, number eight, Hulk Hogan. Of course, but he's an asshole. <laughs> Meet? Well, <laughs> a master of no talent. <laughs> <laughs> but how could he not be in the WWE all-time top yeah, time? Yeah, right. right. That's, that's, he, he made it. To be honest with like, you, I think he might be a little bit low here. Like Bleacher Report put him at eight. Uh, I was surprised he was that yeah. low. Yeah, right. Okay. Number seven. Mike's already mentioned this. Bruno Sammartino, another no-brainer. I think so far we're all in agreement, right? Meet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Okay. As you know, with the Bleacher Report. That what gets crazy is the uh, top five usually. Like, we had like some ridiculous answers with tag teams and announcers. We had Bischoff in the top ten. Okay, here I'm we go. Expecting Edge to be next. Number no, six, Steve Austin. Yeah, yeah, he has to be right. Yeah, he's yeah. there. Number five, Triple H. No. Five ahead of Austin. That's funny ahead of Austin. Right? No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> no fucking way. No way. Agreed. No totally way. ridiculous. Totally ridiculous. Me? Yeah, no way. Okay. I'm good. I agree. I concur. Okay, number four, The Undertaker. Mike? Yeah, for them, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's hard to find a list of great matches he's had outside of that match with Michaels in the cage, but yeah, it's hard to, to, to not put him on the greatest list for WWE. Right. right, he's got long, he's got long pedigree of great, like, of a run. His run is good, right? Whether yeah. he's, he's great or not, he's got a good run. Okay, uh, meet your green, Undertaker, yes. okay? Okay, top three, here we go. Number Perfect. three, Bret Hart. Mike? Mm, I don't know. I don't think... Because the tag team run wasn't that long, and I don't think he was at the top long enough. Better than most of the guys on the list, obviously. He's probably better than, you know, a, a huge percent of the guys on the list, but I, I don't know. It's, that's tough. He's a t he's right around the... He's, he's in the range. I mean, he's, he's definitely better than most of the guys. I just don't know that, that he was at the top position long enough. I have a hard time putting him ahead of San Martino. Yeah, right. Yeah. Or be even Backlund for me because even Backlund had the belt for eight years and, you know, Hart had the belt for a year or two, right? Right, right. right. Agreed. Agreed. Meet, what do you think? I think out of all the top, aside from San Martino, I think he is, Bret Hart is the best, best wrestler out of all of them. But mm -hmm. by the time he actually got, he was past it. Like, it passed him by. Like, he was that chariot holder for, you know, that year and a half. And then people got sick of him. So I think Vince I, didn't I, want a little guy either with the belt. That's yeah, right. That, right, that, yeah. He was, he was just supposed to be the placeholder until they groomed the next big thing. But then they didn't really do much because Michaels wasn't that much bigger either. And it went from Hart to Michaels, you know? Okay, so I'm number expecting two. it to be like Michaels and then The Rock. and Holy yeah. fuck, Mike. You fucking ruined it. Number two. Shawn Michaels, number one, The Rock. <laughs> no man of Ric Flair anywhere. I guess he wasn't there long enough either. So, he yeah. was only there a year. Yeah, in his pride. 
Maybe, but this is a list of the greatest wrestlers to ever step in. They put well, Jericho yeah, at 15. Yeah, right. Jericho should Jericho's uh, right. should be in high consideration too. He's right. There's probably a lot the best. of fucking guys. Well, yeah. honestly, Jericho belongs in that list above Bret Hart. Jericho, if you want to talk about the greatest Canadian wrestler, is number mm. one. And can you can you two because right. in Hart's maybe three. No, but like think about it, right? Like they put The Rock ahead of fucking Backland, San Martino, even. Austin, Bret Hart, like the fucking Rock. Yeah, Savage. The Rock's okay, but he's not the number one WWE wrestler ever. Come on. The problem was I couldn't think of who the number one was ever. I couldn't think of who who number one was going to be until he started getting down to the end. And I really had no idea who the hell they were going to put. John Cena's not on that list. John Cena's not even here. Right. That's probably (laughs) not good. You know, I don't like John Cena, but John Cena should be on that list. Yeah. Uh, so like this, and that's coming for me, but I, you know, he's got what 75 world championships or something. Right. I, to be honest with you, I would, at this point, I would even say Lesnar deserves to be higher on the list than the rock. I was going to say that Lesnar should be on over somebody. I can't remember who it was. Somebody didn't fit. Yeah. Oh, Bret Hart. Lesnar Bret Hart. should be on over Hart. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, Lesnar deserves consideration as well. Right. So this fucking list is as usual. The Bleacher Report shows they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. The blunder, Just, it's the blunder report. Well, it's, it's, pro, it's not named right. Awful. They should say like, the, you know, the best wrestlers, because you know, then you got to think of like Kurt Hennings and some of these other guys. You know, the Malikos, right. guys that they've had on there that were like better, maybe like the biggest wrestlers, or like those are but, the ten guys. Like I would, those are close to the ten guys I would put as the faces of the company. But you know what? I would, if you're making that list, I would think that number one or two would have to be Austin or Hogan. Not The Rock, right? Because The Rock's success, although he was successful in wrestling, his peak success came way after wrestling, not in wrestling, right? I mean, The Rock was okay when he was there as a wrestler, but the other two right. weren't great wrestlers. Like, Hogan sucked. Uh, and, and, right, and sure. Austin but, was a good wrestler before WWF. But I think in terms of draw, like, if we're saying who's the biggest oh, yeah. draw, yeah. Draw-wise. Draw-wise, I would say Austin and Hogan outdrew The Rock, for sure. And even maybe San Martino and Backlund, I don't know much about the the crowds in the seventies, like I, they weren't having like shows every day, but like they all their shows, like San Martino had a, a string of like 10 years of sellouts of the Madison square garden. Right. Like, yeah. You know, the, so don't forget, how, and don't forget the outdoor shows too, that they, that they right. combine too. It's, you know, with right. Shea, Shea stadium. stadium. Right. 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 right That's right, the right. first one that comes to mind. Or, yeah. To me, this re- list is, as Mike said, like it's not well-defined. What are they judging? How can they say these are the best hundred there was a list of a hundred. These are the top 10 of those hundred. And so having the rock as a best wrestler, WWE wrestler of all times. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's crazy. This or that is a, I put the questions in to a random generator, and then I just pick them out every week. This is a kind of strange question, but uh, this or that, meat. Trunks or tights? Trunks, definitely. Any reason? Men weren't made to wear tights. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, thoughts, trunks or tights? For the most part, uh, trunks, but some tights were cool. I used to like the Midnight Ex- I used to like uh, Bobby Eaton's. And uh, and then CM Punk had a, a new pair that he, everybody got pissed that he wore them, but I thought they were pretty cool. On certain guys, on certain guys, but for the most part, uh, trunks. Trunks, yeah. You know, there's 
a little something about the trunks that is tricky. Like there's a lot of variation in trunks. We saw last week Wahoo and Harley Race had those huh. grandma trunks pulled all the way up to their necks. And so that type of trunk, I think, is a little bit awkward or unusual. The I don't girdle. like yeah, the girdle. I don't like that yeah, type of ridiculous. trunk. And so for me, that's no good. But if we're talking about like a regular bare, like a basic <laughs> kind of trunk, trunks all day. I, I, tights are okay, but you know, you Rocks don't really. Cool. Yeah, you. I think there are some guys who have muscle, especially the guys in the gym, right? They go and they work out. They're all defined. And then you hide all of that by putting them in tights. Like you can't see how big and how muscular and how strong. Like a guy like Taz in tights would have been a total miss. Like, you know, yeah. all that bulk in his leg. So I, I think that, you know, the trunks highlight or show off their athletic ability or their posture or their muscle structure or whatever. And I think it's well worth putting guys in trunks for the most part, unless they're tiny and scrawny. Like Ray Mysterio pulls off tights well, but it's only a yeah. few guys. Yeah, only a few guys. So we've heard what you've had to say, and a lot of you are saying that you love the discussion that we have amongst each other, but you're not really interested in wrestling that much. A thing that ruined it a little bit for me was I was standing next to my fucking useless brother. So that was a- <laughs> okay, you told me we're doing Sting Invader. Yeah, yeah. You're asking me about shit from 35 years ago. <laughs> I didn't have any friends in Buffalo at the time, so I wasn't familiar with Buffalo at all. It was just a dirty place on the other side of the border. <laughs> yeah. Freaked the hell out of me when I looked at the rankings and I saw Conan, Austin, Jericho, us. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious, right? It's crazy. You don't want to listen to all that wrestling bullshit? Then follow us on YouTube. On YouTube, we'll cut up all the intro segments and some of the games and post them on there as clips. And so if you're not interested in the matches, go over to YouTube and subscribe to our channel. It's Six Man Tag Podcast. It's time for you to tag in. Don't forget to like and subscribe. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to write to us at sixmanpodcast at gmail.com. For now, it's time to tag out. <laughs>